The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. And uh, so grateful again to share the stage with you, Dr. Michelle. Thank and you. Um, it, it's our first sermon as lead ministers. We're sharing the stage today. That won't always be the case, right. but we'll do it from time to time. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes people ask us ministers, how do you come up with your talk? So I right. thought we'd let them into the inside process a little bit by talking about some of our scrapped talk titles for today. Yeah. Uh, it was a big, yeah. big sermon. And so uh, we, we thought, you, thought we'd let you in. And uh, the, the first one that we came up with, we, we stuck with it for a little while, um, was, was the following. Now what? <laughs> Can, can you imagine, oh. Michelle, the church being in more serious, yeah, capable, yeah. present hands? Yeah. <laughs> that was just last Sunday, too. <laughs> Another one that we thought about because of Dr. Rogers' perfect hair was forget filling those shoes. How do you follow that hair? How do you, how do you follow that hair? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was it was really hard to let this la- last one go because it resonated so much in in our hearts. It's it's the following: uh, don't screw this up. Yeah. <laughs> Work on that. It's a good 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 first roll. <laughs> that is for sure. Don't screw this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been a mantra in my head this last <laughs> week too. <laughs> but what we really landed on was the following title: answering the call answering the call. And we really want to to start off by talking about three different ways that we are called really to to walk forward, not only Reverend Josh and me, but all of us as a community. And so the the first call has to do with a higher power. That's the the first call, a higher power. And um, I believe that each one of us, ministers talk a lot about having a call, practitioners, a call, a call to step into service. And I think that the word call for me means, why are you here? What called you? What propelled you forward to be doing what you're doing or simply being in existence? And so for me, when I talk about answering the call, I know that I had a moment of, of clarity that called me into ministry. But I think all human beings share the same call in the following way. I think all of us are made in the image and likeness of the divine. We are expressions of that which created us, that the creator has imparted in each one of us itself into our beingness, and that's what we are, and that we come here to this earth plane all with the same call intact, and that is to know the divine, to experience the divine, to express the divine in every part of our lives. It's almost as if the ongoing call or mantra of our soul is, can you know me in that? Can you know me in them? Can you know me in that? Can you experience me in that? Every condition, every relationship, every person, every activity, all of us share a call that has brought us here into spiritual community that drives people into communities all over the world and that is the soul's desire to know the divine, to experience the divine and that we all are called to that. And that each one of us has come here purposefully. 
purposefully, that it's not a, an accident that we're here, that it's, I, I don't, I think Dr. Ernest Holmes talked a lot about how there's not a, a divine preordained set plan for each one of us, not a, okay, here's your instructions, you will show up there and you will turn to the left and then you'll go to the right and then you'll turn three quarters and it's not like that. It's more like we come here with intention. We come here intending to, first of all, live out our first call to know God and all that is, and secondly, come here to be a beneficial presence, to share gifts and talents that we've, that we've discovered or that we've brought with us, to share qualities of being, and that call might be love, or that call might be to teach, or that call might be to experience and express artistry. I know that, that I felt that call when I was 18 in a class here so connected to this teaching when this inner voice said to me, you might want to become a minister. And like many people, I immediately resisted that call. Resisted. No, not going to do that. And I struggled for a number of years trying to figure out why that wouldn't leave me alone. Some inner nudging, if you will, that I believe is my own soul connected to the divine in some beautiful synchronistic activity that finally, when I said yes, the surrender was the articulation of a, a life purpose, a sense of purpose, a sense of intentionality for my life and my ministry that had all to do with, I'm here to articulate and teach the teachings of science of mind and spirit for myself and the world. That's what I got clear about. Now that could come in many different ways, right? It didn't come in, you will be a minister at this church and then that church. My resume didn't unfold before me at that time. But my call was clear. And that goes to, for me, what I heard Dr. Rogers say during his series this last month is that he had moments where he never knew when he stepped into this church the, the beauty that was going to unfold, the things he was going to get to do. And I think it's the same for you and me, Josh, is that we didn't know when we said yes to ministry that eventually we would get to serve as your lead ministers. That through the synchronicity of the divine and through that willingness within us, even times when it seemed crazy, we kept saying yes. We kept saying yes. And we kept walking forward. Even into this job, the saying yes for me to coming here to Mile High Church might have seemed, if you looked at my life, like the most illogical choice ever. Because I was in a community in Arizona that I was very happy in and fulfilled. But something, when we get hold of that call, calls us to continually step into it and propels us forward. And through that synchronicity, we find ourselves here. Which leads to the second call. I'm very grateful to have found myself here with you, Thank you, Michelle. me too, <laughs> Josh. And, and uh, you know, in answering the call, of course, uh, we're answering a big call today, but there's a call for each of us in our lives, uh, both in your individual lives and here at Mile High Church. And the first call is about recognizing that, that higher power, and the, the second call is, is about a commitment to wholeness, a commitment to your own wholeness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an incredible thing for, for me or for any of us to to recognize or come to believe that there is a a divine power permeating the universe, that there is an infinite intelligence, a sense of the sacred acting in all of life. Uh, That's one thing, and I'm always in awe of that. But then I gulp and say to myself, oh my gosh, that must be true of me too. That divine intelligence is a part of who, who I am. That sacredness that I'm recognizing in all of life, it's in me too. That divinity that I see in the stars, that sense of heart 
I feel when I see people in love or holding a baby, uh, that, that, that wisdom that I see in the rhythms of the seasons, that's all in, in, in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know on the surface, um, our teaching often looks like it's a teaching about positive thinking and co-creating with the divine, uh, getting what we want in our lives. And, and in a way, it is. But at a deeper level, um, it's about spiritual and personal responsibility. It's the recognition that in order to be able to see good in all, I'm going to have to see it in myself. I can't see the sacred in you if I can't accept it in me. And when you realize that you're a child of God, you've got to act like it. Perhaps we forgot it initially. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, exactly. (laughs) Perhaps we, we forgot it initially, but now that we've been reminded of the light of who we are, we have to live in accordance with it. I love something Parker Palmer said, the Quaker mystic. He said, embracing one's wholeness makes life more demanding because once you do that, you must live your whole life. Once you embrace your wholeness, you must live your whole life. And that commitment, to be honest, it isn't always pretty. It's not not always pretty uh, because uh, it's not about having a challenge or problem-free existence. It's about committing to that wholeness of who we are. And in the process of that, we sometimes have to confront who we're not. And uh, Ernest Holmes, in his initial lessons on the science of mind, he he talks about the the process of healing, the process of a spiritual practice, the process of of taking this spiritual responsibility, that it's like taking crystal clear drops of, of water and dropping them in to the glass of our consciousness. And for a lot of us, I don't know about you, uh, there's some murk and so, some, some mud there at the bottom of that glass. And so as we open up and allow those, those crystal clear drops to come in, what it's going to do is it's going to bring up some of that muck. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring up some of that, that stuff. And it's important for us to realize, oh, my stuff is coming up. That doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It, it's my opportunity to now say, that muck is not who I am. That muck used to be a part of who I am. And so the trick is to stop identifying with it, to stay mindful of it and and allow it to pour out. Holmes tells us in some cases, you can just take the glass and just dump it all out. Sounds good to me. Uh, But for most of us, (laughs) (laughs) it's that that process of clarifying things for ourselves. So as we answer the second call and make that commitment to our own wholeness, the the promise of that wholeness is that it's going to guide us into living a whole life if we're willing to say yes to it, if we're willing to be in alignment with it. But it's not the easy life. It's a challenging life, but the rewards are as sweet as it gets. They're beautiful. So we Mm -hmm. we answer the call to a higher power. Mm -hmm. We make a commitment to our wholeness and then the third call is service in the world. So I see this community that we're in and all of our centers for spiritual living communities all over the world, by the way, welcome to those who are watching from all over the world online, that we are safe houses, if you will, for spiritual growth, places to come together and live out these teachings exactly as Reverend Josh is talking about, to answer that higher power call, to step into our wholeness, even when it's difficult. And have you noticed that sometimes people here, even in this beautiful environment, bring up your muck? <laughs> Have anybody noticed? Uh-huh. There we, are other terms for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. There are other terms for it. 
But, but see, this is a place where we can safely walk that walk together and do that work together and grow into our wholeness. And then to go out and be of service beyond the walls of this place as human beings uh, in that wholeness, taking the, the great work we've been and done out into the world and serving other people, serving our families and serving the people we live with and we work with and serving the collective wholeness of humanity and bringing ourselves into great service in our relationships, personal relationships, and to great service in the ways that we go out and serve other people and bring our wholeness to make conditions better or bring our presence to things that we want to to serve or volunteer or charitable work and all of that good stuff. But there's a key element of it that our founder talks about also. It's all about oneness, and I love oneness, but he reminds us very clearly, oneness is not sameness. And so in our endeavors as a community to live out our vision, we don't seek to do this to go out there and create a whole bunch of other people just like us necessarily. We go out to meet the differences that we encounter, the the contrast that we encounter, and bring our love and wholeness and compassion to bear. And so I've loved the great work that we do, for example, here at Mile High Church in interfaith, and our great work that we do is we go out and and serve the children in in this community who are homeless or hungry, or that we go out and serve Habitat for Humanity. We go out and bring ourselves, but never do we go there and demand that they become like us. We go there and we bring ourselves respectfully to them and we stand together, brothers and sisters and, and, uh, and humans together in this wonderful experience of transformation and service in the world, one, knowing that we are one and standing with each other in respect and honor. And it's important to do this and, and to learn to do this in every way possible to create this, this flood of love and compassion and joy. But it is challenging, isn't it, when we bump up against the differences, the people who are not like us. Anyone have anyone in our family who's not like us, right? And in our political world, anyone have someone who's not like us, right? And so our tendency when we run into something that's not like us is to try to force it to become more like us. But what if, just like we are respectful and honoring of other faiths, we are respectful and honoring of all people who are in contrast to us. And that, to me, is a great service that we do when we go out into the world and serve in this beautiful way. When we bring the light and the magic of Mile High, if you will, as a community to bear in everything we do, in every way that we serve, in how we show up, that is answering that call. That, that we are one, but we don't demand sameness. And we allow ourselves to continue to have a grand vision for how we can serve each other and serve our world together. Yeah, I love that. And then, you know, I love that about our teaching too, that it's not meant to be a a, a doctrine. It's about about our values and our virtues. It's about looking at your life and saying, am I willing to show up and and listen? Am I willing to be authentic and honest? And it's amazing how things work out. It is. Maybe we can put it a different way and say, that person over there is just a little less right than I am. (laughs) However you get there, you know, you just work work on it. Whatever it takes. (laughs) And so this this third call, which we're spending the most time with today, because I think it's the one that we both resonate, resonate with most and mm-hmm. accepting this position here at Mile High Church. Um, it's about service in the world. And I, I think when you get those first two steps 
down. Um, it's about co-creating with the divine uh, the life of your highest and grandest imaginations. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And I love my vision board. And yet <laughs> this, this step here is about moving from the vision board of, of your highest ideals to the blank slate, to the invisible. And it takes some courage and can be a little scary because there's that aspect of informing life and the divine of who we are and what we want. And then there's listening. Well, what does the divine have in store for for me? And I I love Frederick Buechner's uh, definition of a calling. He says it's that, that, that place in the world that God calls you to where your deep gladness and the world's hunger meet where your deep gladness and the world's hunger meet. Do you know what your deep gladness is? You, know, you can discover it, you can articulate it, but you can't necessarily define what the world's hunger is. Mm-hmm. That's something we have to listen for and, and be open to. And so to me, the, the first demand of the, of the third call of service in the world is about deep listening. I don't know what it is I'm listening for, but I'm going to be committed to deeply listening to the spirit and the hunger in life and what it's calling me to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few years ago, I was living a, a very um, idyllic life in, yeah. in Seal Beach, California. I lived right by the beach, and um, I called it my sacred trifecta because right. I could walk to the church, I could walk to the beach, and I could walk to my favorite Irish bar. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to make sure I didn't mix up the order of those. <laughs> But it was just wonderful, but I was in that, that place of deep listening when I got a call from Dr. Roger Teal, who I'd only personally met one, one time, mm-hmm. uh, inviting me to come and guest speak at Mile High Church. And how awesome. So I j- was just in that listening place, and I was just thinking it was a guest speaking gig. But a couple of days before, he called and said, hey, uh, let's have lunch the day before. How does that sound? I said, okay. And he said, uh, you know, how about uh, dinner Sunday night? Does that work for you too? All right. And he goes, well, how about breakfast Monday morning? <laughs> so, I, so I knew something w- was up. You know, he might be potentially offering me a, a job. I didn't know what, you know, a, a minister of janitorial services or something, yeah. which would have been just awesome too. There are so many wonderful ways to be of service here at this, at this church. But I remember that, that Monday morning breakfast with him. And he, he shared with me, you know, his longer term vision for, for the church and a, a vision for a, a, a new evolved version of, of ministry that would involve a, a, a lead minister. And uh, he told me, I could see you in a, in a lead minister uh, role. So, so what an uplifting, what an exciting conversation. And uh, I went back to the hotel room and, and you know, what, what would I do when offered you know, the potential of a, of a dream position? I, I broke down and cried. Mm-hmm. I broke down and cried. And this is where the, the, the second demand of the call to service is because the message for me wasn't, oh, come to mile high and all these great things are going to happen and hopefully they will. Uh, but it was, you've got to let go. What you're doing now, it's over. Mm-hmm. What you're doing now, it's, it's, it's done. And it was, a, it was a heartbreaking experience for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I, I've described two different types of heartbreak. Uh, the first is where, where love and loss combine in us, and we're so honored to have loved, uh, but also our grieving and our loss, that kind of heartbreak. But the, the second kind of heartbreak that I was experiencing, and maybe you've experienced it somewhere too, it, it's where the coating that we've built around our heart begins to crack. And our heart moves into the light again, kind of like eyes that have been closed for way too long, being re-exposed to the sun. 
And all of a sudden, we're called into a deeper vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, a deeper willingness, a deeper aspect of feeling, a deeper groundedness in what can become our, our, our yes. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a powerful experience for me of, of service to, to the world, of having to let go of the way I thought it was supposed to operate, to listen to that call. And then the third demand is to say yes to it, right. is to say yes to your call. <laughs> My mantra at the time is, I don't know where I'm going, but I think I know how to get there <laughs> because of, of, of that ability to say yes. And by saying yes, I don't mean in a way of, of, of saying yes to everything and being in consent of anything that you're asked for. I mean, recognizing that your yes to the divine within you is the engine that even when you don't know where you're going, will get you there. When you're living in that yes, and I'm so grateful I said yes, mm-hmm. and so grateful to share this stage with you, it will guide you exactly where you need to be, even if you didn't expect at the beginning of your journey that that was where you were supposed to go. And when we bring all three of those callings together, that call to a higher power, that commitment to our wholeness, and that willingness to be of service in the world, that, that's when I think we, we truly find that harmony in our lives. It can be scary. It can be challenging. We have to listen, let go, and say yes. But what a hell of a ride. <laughs> what a hell of a ride. Yes. Yeah. And it's led us into this moment where we get to, to work together to step into ministry and share a greater vision. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we intentionally... Uh, Saved the vision and mission. A couple of them are like, yeah. they forgot the vision and the mission. That's their first day. Out. <laughs> I already forgot that. But we we wanted to, to actually share it in the in the sermon today because you know, and, and the first thing that I invite you to do is 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 you know, just take a deep ro- a mo- moment here and take a breath and, and think about your own call in your relationships and your work life and your spiritual life. Do you know what it is? You don't have to, but are you following it? Are you listening? And now you know, we have this calling of Mile High Church together. And so we wanted to put our vision on the screen and read it together now. It goes like this. Our vision. Oneness revealed. A world of love, peace, and abundance for all. Let's hold that there just for a second. And can you see that as a vision not only for our church but for your life? Okay. Our mission. To serve as a spiritual beacon for personal empowerment and global enlightenment. Again, a great mission statement for our church, but also for our, our lives and who we are. And Reverend Josh and I also know that we've got the road ahead of us as we continue to say yes and encourage and inspire others to do the same in their life. And, and so we created a statement and have talked a lot about behind the statement, a vision for how we want to serve together And so that's coming up, I believe, on the screen, our shared ministerial vision, honoring our legacy, co-creating our future. Because we choose to honor the legacy of Mile High Church that has been born out of every minister who's come before us and every congregant who's come before us. And (laughs) honor the ministry of Dr. Roger, who's so key in both of our lives as a mentor and colleague. And at the same time, to co-create our future, not, as you said earlier, not just you and me co-create our future, but us. To co-create our future together as a community at Mile High Church. And I know that the, the, the way that you said that, that engine, that, that continually being willing to say yes to our calling can bring forth our greatest dreams, even dreams we never even knew we had. 
I know that when I signed up to be a minister, I wasn't sitting there saying, I'm going to be the lead minister at Mile High Church someday. But my dream, my willing to say, willingness to say yes over and over and over again led me into this moment. And I, there's a scene in the, the movie Broadcast News where William Hurt has just gotten his dream job. And uh, he's got a, co- a colleague, another anchor, who wanted that dream job. And uh, William Hurt's character is saying to Albert Brooks' character, what do you do when all of the dreams you ever imagined are coming true and Albert Brooks says keep it to yourself (laughs) (laughs) and the good news is that we're not keeping it to ourselves we're we're sharing and we're we're speaking out loud our our willingness to step forward in vision and so I'm going to just share a few words as uh, for my closing about my promises to us and to Josh as a minister. And they are, they came to me in the form of, in honor of Dr. Roger, an acronym. I know he's the king, but I'm going to, I've got one. And maybe they can apply to you in your life. And they come in the, in the word pray, pray. First of all, P for practice. I believe that the core of our practitioner work that practitioners, that word practice exists in the title because practitioners are all about the practicing of these teachings in their life for themselves and for the world. And I believe as a minister that the core of my heart as a minister is that of a practitioner. And I am here to practice these teachings in every way possible uh, for myself and for all of us as a community. In the ways that I do it really well and in the ways that I stumble and I'm still evolving and growing and learning. And so I, I pledge to you to practice this teaching, to keep my spiritual practice, to pray for this church and to pray for you and to pray for us and to, to be about that sacred work. And the R word is an important word because it has to do with remember who I am. That's a key thing for me. Uh, not, not trying to walk in Dr. Rogers' shoes, not trying to be like Josh necessarily, but to be me full out, to remember who I am. And I confess to you that a core issue in my life, part of my muck, has been times that I struggled with worthiness and felt unworthy and that times when I've had the greatest pain in my life has been when I thought my world or someone was saying that I was not worthy and dancing with that, that stuff and healing it. And I think of Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, get your bloated nothingness out of the way. And I am promising you as a minister that when that stuff arises, I will seek to get my bloated nothingness out of the way. And A is for allow. I'm not a big one who believes in forcing things to happen. We can't force things in life. I believe that, that the core energy is that of allowing, allowing our energy to flow, allowing our community to evolve, allowing and allowing us to step forward powerfully, and I lead from that place of allowance. And the why is for yay! <laughs> because I think it has to be fun. There has to be joy. There has to be a a, a wonderful laughter. And that's one thing that I just love about Josh is that he and I laugh a lot together and we like to have fun and we enjoy life. And that yay, that joy comes with balance. And so I promise as a community to, uh, as you as this community, to stay in balance in my life with with my my love for myself, my self-care to love and honor the beings in my life that I walk with, to 
honor my wonderful marriage and to keep it holy and pure and sacred. Thank you, Ken Chrisman, for walking this path with me. And to honor my children, our children that we love so much. And to stand um, in balance with my friends. My beloved best friend Michelle is here today from California, and I'm so grateful. And Reverend James, her husband, uh, been a longtime friend and couple who stood with me, and we've stood together through so much, and I'm so grateful that you're here. And to stand with my friends in this community who I love and honor, and to, to stand with Reverend Josh. I promise and pledge to you to be a partner of love, light, to be trustworthy, to be authentic, and to walk forward with you in this wonderful honor that we both had. And I'm so grateful to serve with you in this way. So thank you for saying yes, for honoring your yes to being here. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. And you do those things in an amazing, effortless way. Thank you. And what I love about our our shared ministerial uh, vision that I want to share with you is is one, this idea of honoring our our legacy. It's about recognizing that all the right systems have been put in place in this church, and we're not here to mess with them. Uh, A ministerial philosophy of mine is, 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 is change nothing, evolve everything. It's a good rule for life, too. There's not projects of, of, of changing things, but of being a, a presence that helps evolve um, our life. And, and the co-creating our, our future, again, like Michelle said, is about we're all in this together. But for me, it's also about embracing change. You know, and that's the thing is, is, is change is inevitable. So we can run from it, hide from it, deny it, or we can embrace it and co-create it and have fun and do it together. And I couldn't imagine a more, more fun partner to get to do that with and an amazing team and amazing yes. uh, congregants. And, and just briefly as well, I, I, I want you to know that my, my commitment to you is, is to listen, is to honor, and is to stay committed to, to, to excellence, both for our church and, and our lives. And, and you know, my ministerial commitment is I, I realize that it's never my role to impart wisdom, but to reflect wisdom. And the greatest honor of getting to be minister at this church is the wisdom that's in this room. The stories of survival, of triumph, the love, the spiritual realizations, all the material we will ever need, for better and for worse, mm-hmm. is right here in this room. And my commitment is to seek to represent you and to reflect that wisdom, what you already know. I'll never tell you anything you don't already know in here and to reflect it back to you. And that, that is really the great honor and humbling aspect of getting to be in this position is how amazing the people are here. So I'm, I'm very honored and grateful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.